Well, hi, friends. Again, this is Dick Flax, your monthly host here on Inside Ala Vista. You might know that I'm a retired but still active sociology professor at UCSB with a long history, half a century really, of interest in Isla Vista. And as been happening uh, each month for the past several, I have the honor of having Jonathan Abood join me at the um, remote microphones here uh, for a update on what is happening in Isla Vista, particularly from the vantage point of the community service district, which Jonathan is the manager of. Hi, Jonathan Abood. Hello, thanks for having me again. How could we not have you? I understand there's an important story about a homeless situation that is breaking right now in Isla Vista, and that might be the first thing we'll mention to people. Uh, what is this about? At our board meeting tonight, we're getting a presentation from the County of Santa Barbara, who's been working on this project for a long time, uh, about the Hedges House of Hope, which they're describing as a new emergency emergency shelter project for, uh, for the South County. And uh, it's 50 beds that uh, will be available for people here in Isla Vista on El Colegio. And as I understand it, this is a repurposed sorority house. So that's not just one of your mass shelter situations. It sounds like a more comfortable and, and human place for people. Yeah, I've been to this place before. I know that it is nice. They have a nice commercial kitchen in there. The rooms are nice and decent there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I priced sorority house at one point, so... It's, well, that's almost like, uh, like you know, in, after the revolution in Cuba, people took over mansions and turned them into schools. So maybe that's an example of what's happening right here. Uh, I, if I you'll forgive me, this is way cheaper than building something. So yeah, yeah, no, it's um, a great idea. Yeah, and I think Pescadero Lofts, you know, kind of came up in a similar way where it replaced. Uh, it, it's a new building, but it was the land was. Um, acquired from a fraternity house that was condemned. So it's right. a good model, I guess, in Isla Vista. We've done it twice now, taking these big plots, big structures for that used to house Greek life and um, yeah. using it for this. So you referred to a meeting tonight. This is Tuesday that we're talking, but the program won't be on until Wednesday. So, but it at least uh, lets people know if they haven't heard that the Hedges House of Hope is beginning going to be opening very soon, right? This is yeah. pretty, pretty, this is not a long wait. The, this the is this, on our on our agenda says July 1st. Fabulous. Well, so this is one of those unusual solutions in the housing, housing in the homeless housing uh, domain in which something is proposed that is really a good solution and it won't take a long time to get implemented. This is great news. So thank you for yeah. letting us know about this. People can, um, you know, if they want to learn more, it's on our, uh, it's not on our YouTube page, but it's on the IV as a city YouTube page and the board meeting will be on there and uh, it'll be at the beginning. So people can tune in and look, they'll get a, they'll hear a presentation from the county staff who worked on this and then questions from our board members and public. So what else is on your agenda? 
Well, the IVCSD is um, approving our preliminary budget for 2021-2022, which is uh, always a big deal every year because it's our spending plan of our tax revenue, what we're going to get done the next year. You know, revenue from our tax finally went past a million dollars a year. It's been growing steadily every year. So uh, we passed a million dollars now in collections. So we're, our budget's pretty significant at 1.4 million total next year. And that's, I mean, we have a lot of grants next year in the budget too, and some old grants we're still using. So a million dollars in our regular revenue, but 1.4 total of a spend. And um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting what we're going to, be discussing. I mean, it's still a preliminary budget. Our board is gonna, there's a lot of pending discussions that need to happen, uh, like with the community center and uh, some other programs like I Love Us to Beautiful, where we're trying to figure out how those are gonna work next year. And we haven't yet. So there's still some things that we say this is preliminary, but um, our board is, and our board could still change a lot of this today. And, you know, see we want to go a different direction but overall the budget is pretty strong in terms of you know it it's our finance committee has been working hard on it for uh, many months we had a hundred people respond to our budget survey that fed into this um we had a town hall we, we had many attendees at a town hall in april to help us uh, put this together so uh it's a it's a you know, $1.4 million budget, and it's going to be on our website posted and at our building, at our, at our bulletin board uh, for people to, to, you know, to view it. And then it's going to have a final approval in August on the 24th. So what you said, exciting things. So give us a clue about what some of those are from your point of view. Yeah. I mean, uh, so again, yeah, all of this is not approved finally yet, but this is what is on the agenda. Uh, you know, we're, we're hiring a permanent staff person to do community engagement, uh, which is what I've been doing all day is interviewing those people. Um, so we are moving forward. Like we have hired this position. Our board has made the decision to do this. Uh -huh. um, and uh, we're also hiring, we just hired our first uh, program manager for the compost collective. So that program is getting a full, not a full-time, but a part-time permanent employee to run it which I've been doing you know, part-time myself. So that's really exciting because we get to really focus on our programs and make them you know, the best they can be and utilize more by more people in the community. That's what these two positions are all about um, because we learned in our budget survey that there's a people like what we have to offer, um, but not as many people, like there's a good number, a significant percentage, but it's not a majority even who know what our programs are. So we want to make, we want to change that. Uh, we want, we, we think that we have good programs and we want them to be utilized more. And we've noticed that the gap is in awareness mainly, not in other things. Like they're easy to use, you know, they're, they're not, but we need to get them more aware, the, the public more aware of them. So that's like one of our biggest goals next year. Um, another goal that we're working towards, you know, we, we're, we're talking about Halloween tonight at our board meeting. 
uh, on the 22nd. And um, we have a budget for community festivals, 55,000, which we had this year too, and we didn't get to spend because of COVID. Right. But that's still a big goal of our board. It's still a major goal to change the way events are planned at Isla Vista um, during big weekends and during, you know, every weekend too. So that's, uh, that's something else that's in our budget this year. Uh, and then, um, so it sounds like uh, quite a bit of money for those festivals is in your budget. Yes. And, and we would hope to get partners too. So, it's yeah. not, you know. so, so like what's your, just, just speculate a little on suppose there was a community sponsored Halloween festival type events. How do you think that would be? Who would plan it? I mean, yeah, it's a good question. We have in the past wanted to work with an event planning company. And uh, Lucidity has done it, has done the proposals before. They've made the proposals for Deltopia and they actually ran the virtual Halloween uh-huh. um, from last year. So, but it's really up to our board. I mean, we're having just a general discussion tomorrow, today about what we even want to do for Halloween in the first place, like at what level do we want to plan something? And then we can talk about, okay, who's going to get involved? Because we could decide something smaller scale this year and focus on Deltopia or not. It, it, you know, it really depends on where we think our priorities are going to want to be. So it, it is a Halloween weekend. Halloween's on a Sunday. So that's oh, yeah. usually said to be, but you know, that's, that hasn't been busy here in a long time, but um, we'll see what, we'll see what the appetite is from our board for what we want to do. Cause in the past, the focus has been more on Deltopia than on Halloween, but we got a request to talk about Halloween. So um, one of our board members asked to put it on the agenda and we're going to talk about it today, which is good. We're starting early. If we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, just speaking like, like a sociologist, might, I I'm thinking we don't really know, uh, what the mood and emotional condition of, of a mass of students coming back uh, after the summer is going to be, you know, are people gonna look for revelry or do they have a more sober sided, you know, perspective uh, being uh, prevailing? I, um, I can imagine both, I can, right, so. Yeah, it could be both, we don't know yet. So uh, any other budget things that you're excited about? You know, I think those are some of the big highlights. Like I said, there's a few things pending, like the community center budget, which we have like a, we have a draft in there, but nothing final. We have a pretty big special projects budget on the table to be considered, which is $60,000 as a, you know, as a pool of money to, you know, as, as, as opportunities arise, we want to invest in something big. Uh, that's another place. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the, a lot of our budgets actually staying the same. Well, one thing is we had a discussion at our board that you know we've always budgeted money for a parking study, but we're really gonna do it this time, <laughs> which you know, we, I know we always do it, always budget and never do it, but uh, we have in our budget now, you know, it's why our budget has grown by another hundred some thousand dollars because uh, we have the STEP grant from the state, the Sustainable Transportation and Equity Grant. Um, So that's in our budget now. And our plan is to kind of 
uh, you know, make that even a bigger scope using our own budget. So we've got the 110,000 this year from the state, and then we're going to add another 25,000 to it to kind of, you know, fuel the, fuel the study, make it bigger and better, more comprehensive on parking specifically, so that we can really understand this issue and have the best data possible and um, some qualitative analysis too, which was missing from the past. So what, what would be the data that you're looking for in such a study? Well, we have to still figure out that scope of work, but in general, what we've talked about is, you know, there is not even in the first place an accurate count of all the parking spaces in Isla Vista. And that's at the very basic, you know, we want it, there needs to be that. Uh-huh. There's also not a qualitative analysis of why people park and drive in Isla Vista. That doesn't exist. Like there's no, if there, you can't say 25% of people park their car for the long term and 25% drive to work in downtown Santa Barbara, and, you know, 50% just have it to have it. You know, you, there's not, none of that exists. So we think that's important as we create parking, take right. action on our parking district power. Uh, we, we think we need to know all of that before we do that, do something. And we're doing this study on sustainable transportation, um, which one thing, I mean, one thing we've noticed in our budget surveys is, you know, the people in Isla Vista are very committed to their parking. Uh, <laughs> really, it's very important to them. But, uh, and we're doing this transportation, alternative transportation, you know, sustainable transportation study. Um, and so we want to make sure that that study is taking into account the really deep parking issues and opinions if we're going to solve the issue of getting more people to use sustainable transportation. So we just felt that the budget was, you know, it's a good grant, but we needed to, we needed to add more to really go deep on the parking issues so that we can uh, have a good answer to supplement the, you know, recommendations that the grant ends up well, I mean, as you know, the, the, the hope that Isla Vista would have a parking plan uh, has been out there almost as long as Isla Vista itself, but certainly in the last several decades. Yeah. I mean, one question, maybe this is irrelevant to anybody, but what pops into my head that I'd like to see examined is, is suppose that the UCSB were to somehow ban cars being brought to campus or to, you know, by first year students or some measure like that, that, that other schools, I think, do. You know, I'm hoping that in addition to just examining what people now do, uh, a study might include what people feel about possible alternative ideas about how to deal with transportation cars. You're implying that's what it would do, right? Yeah. And so- maybe are there professional experts on the parking and transportation domain who might help with this study? Well, I don't know. We're going to hire a professional transportation consultant. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to do, yeah, they're going to, you know, we have a committee, like a community committee and then they'll oversee it. But um, yeah, we'll have a professional consultant there doing the work and overseeing the work and the analysis. So, and it's someone we get to pick, which is important. So right. we, someone who aligns with our values yes and that's yeah it's going to be a process that starts really soon at least getting the scope of work and you know things will start moving pretty soon so 
what is the status to your knowledge of you know the the electric uh the motor you know electric bikes and that kind of stuff uh the scooters and so on in isla vista are they still are there still b- uh businesses that are operating those things or what, how is that going yeah the bird scooters are still here i don't think they're used that much i they're they just seem they seem to me like just you know more there's a lot of them just sitting there they're not they're not scarce you know there's yeah they could be doing a better job of deploying that could be it too but it doesn't look like they're used that much just in general as i'm out and about they're used a lot there's like some new companies in iv that do convenience delivery so like instead of walking to 7-eleven they'll go there for you and bring you your candy bar <laughs> they they go on scooters they're those companies yeah. are great on scooters so uh, that's being used. And I met with uh, me and me and Spencer, our board president, met with the um, B-Cycle, which is doing the electric bikes downtown because they're, I think they're talking with the county to to deploy out here. So there, there's a lot of already like sections of the street and sidewalk made for this from the last attempt. So there's a, there is space to deploy electric bikes and IV. Um, so yeah, those are those things are in the, in motion. The scooters, though, I don't know if they're being used that much. Right. Does UCSB now provide some kind of uh, bike sharing? Not right now. They did, and then that program got scrapped. Because oh right, there's nothing they, happening on campus. It went down the drain before. Um, before it wasn't before, a yeah. good operator. Maybe like there was issues with the operator, and uh-huh. from what I remember, those bikes, the old programs bikes were such a mess everywhere really bad not well maintained mm-hmm. that's just what i saw out there like observing and i know ucsb stopped working with them so yeah i mean i imagine if I, those are things that have to come back in some form but covid was not a time you could really figure that stuff out i would guess i mean yeah. it does seem it's not even clear I was I was discussing with our producer Lisa before we went on the air. When can people even come back to KCSB for uh, on-air broadcasting? Is still not clear. So there's still a lot of um, of uncertainty about the timing of let's call it re- restore to some version of full full normality if that ever does happen. So anyway, uh, so you're, you were, uh, so you, you're, you're, you said you were in the throes of hiring. That's for this position in community engagement that you have made me reflect on the fact that you and I have been talking from the beginning of CSD and the, the whole enterprise, the whole operation has grown as we have been interacting with each other on the radio. That's so, true. What, what is the staff, current staff size? Well, right now, you know, there's me and the assistant general manager, Deborah, and then we have three interns. We're going to get this engagement director, and then we have in our budget another assistant general manager for the community center and related programs. Uh-huh. So that'll make us four, and then we have the program manager for the Compost Collective, um, and that's a permanent employee. So that, that's five permanent employees. And then we also have, you know, I don't even know what the right, what the number is right now, but about seven part-time temporary employees working for the compost collective. 
Uh, so it's a good group there. And then we have a lot of contractors, like nonprofits that we contract with, like the United Way to do the homelessness, um, the work experience program, I Love Is so Beautiful. So they're not our employees, but they're, we meet and talk as if like we were in all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you know, it's, it's, it's very impressive when you, when you think retrospectively from outside, like I do, that this has grown to be more and more of a part of the daily life of Isla Vista on yeah. many dimensions, right? It's definitely so, true. So you have every reason to feel pride, Jonathan. Um, what, any other, you want, there were some things that people should know about in the way of meetings coming up. Is that, am I right? Yeah, I was just going to mention, yeah, we have our budget hearing meeting on August 24th. So that's all in a while, but yeah. we're getting it out the word now. And that's actually it. We have our, the meeting today, which is on the 22nd, that if you know people watch, hear this, go watch the YouTube video to get all the information about the shelter in Isla uh -huh. the first-hand information. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we're, we're in a slow period right now in the community where a lot of people aren't here, but for us, we're really busy hiring and doing our year-end, you know, accounting and budget and all that. So we're getting ready for the end of the year and beginning of the next, you know, year. And, right. uh, and I love this is a little empty and slow right now. So we're in, transition right now but it's good well some people might feel that's really the best time of isla vista when <laughs> it's yeah. empty and slow but you know that's not bad. Because... <laughs> <laughs> all right what else? any other uh issues or upcoming things or well um i know we you don't have the uh, direct ability to talk about it but it does seem like this sh the, the hedges home for hope is a part of a general effort that will maybe have significant results in terms of the homeless community in Isla Vista, homeless population in Isla Vista, finding a better situation and relieving the community from those pressures. Uh, that would be very good news because this, this home, homeless topic around the state uh, you can often get a feeling of, well, we keep doing things, but nothing seems to make it that much difference. Speaking of hope, I'm hoping that the uh, efforts that are now in process actually show people that there are answers, answers that will help uh, that the human beings who are involved, who are houseless, as well as the community as a whole. I don't know if you have any comment on that little sermon, but yeah. I agree. It's... um. It's really amazing to see that our county is doing this instead of like what other counties might be not doing or doing. So uh, it's great to see us doing it because I think people can learn from this. And, you know, Isla Vista's, you know, always willing to be the place that steps up to have these kinds of, you know, like we had the pallet shelters, now we have this. So we're willing to help people here and be that place. But, you know, it should be other places, too. You know, it needs to spread to more, you know, can't I'll have yeah. it all here. But we're, we're willing to be the first. Um, more, and I think it's it, people here. That's what I've noticed for the last 11 years living here is people here are open to helping um, and using our place to help. So I, I think it's going to work. And it's awesome that this is what the county decided to. They're using the 
American Rescue Plan money to do this. So it's a great use of that money. That's what I was going to comment, that one could be pretty hopeful. What I mean by hope, I've been thinking about this the distinction. It's not that I am absolutely certain that good things will happen. But hope means there are pathways for solutions that could, if followed, would very positive. So the hope right now includes what you just said, that there's finally, after years of ideologically grounded austerity, neoliberal perspectives nationally um, in policy, we've got this new wave of large-scale government investment, you might say, in problem solving. And homeless issues seem to be one of the ways in which that is providing hope that there will be there the, the funding might be available that's never been available. So the question will be smart, effective uses of that. Um, and the path that's being charted by those most concerned is the word houseless. People need housing, not just shelter. Uh, and uh, finding that good to have the resources available that may provide that possibility. And it's not just houses, but the services that enable people who are homeless to find answers in their own personal lives. So uh, it's good to see those possibilities reflected in, a, in Isla Vista on a, on a micro, more micro level. Right. It's great. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So this has uh, been another moment between myself, Dick Flax, your host, partnering with Jonathan Abu to talk about some of what's happening with the community service district, self-government in Isla Vista, and as we've been saying, pathways of hopeful solutions to social problems. Isla Vista always was a place that people thought could be, uh, as you said, a kind of experimental or vanguard place for reaching those solutions. So maybe this is a good example of that. Uh, I want to mention to people who are listening, Thursday at 6 p.m. is my regular program, Cultural Protest Weekly Program, that is about to celebrate its 39th year on the air. I say that without flinching. And so this Thursday, uh, we're going to be playing the first program I ever did on KCSB, it's only 39-year-old program, but it's a very interesting program because it harked back to the 20 years before that, 1962, the Port Huron Statement, the founding of the student movement uh, in the 60s, and there's a lot of music that goes along with that. So maybe it'd be a, a fun thing to listen to, Thursdays, 6 p.m., Culture Protest, KSBSB. Thanks again to you, Jonathan, and to Lisa Osborne. Uh, we'll be talking to you again in a few weeks. Thank you.